This is the Photo Experiment Podcast, brought to you by PhotoBiz X. This is the Photography Experiment Podcast, episode number 24, and today our special guest is the host of the Family Photographer Podcast, Jenny Stein. She is a talented photographer, thoughtful, deep, interesting, and I'm sure you're going to love what she has to share today. She challenged me, changed my ideas, my views, and I'm sure that I pushed her with the questions I asked. Before we do get into the interview, a big thanks to the Image Salon, the photo editors you should be using to free up your time so you can focus on your business and do more of what you love, and that is, I'm sure, creating beautiful images. It's the Image Salon that is sponsoring this episode and the Photography Experiment podcast, and it's them that are making this interview possible. I'll share more about them later in the show. Testing. Hello? Hi, Jenny. It's Andrew. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. You got some noise out the window, do you? Well, it's okay right now. It's real weird. I looked out. I was like, what is that? And well, I actually know that there's water going on because our water in our house is off, but I didn't know what they were doing. And then as I set up, I now record across the street from our house at a neighbor's house, which is great. So hang on. So you're recording your podcast across the road in a neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She lives by herself and just said, do you have any use for a room? And I said, well, yes, I do. So you're paying rent or she just no. lends you the space? I just use the space. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you must be pretty good friends. <laughs> I do. I do. She's wonderful. So that's made a big, big difference. That's why it's much easier to record. But for some reason tonight, there's something going on with the water. But right now it's fine. So hopefully it'll continue. Well, yeah, you sound loud and clear. It sounds Good. perfectly fine. Great. It's kind of nice for me not to be worried about anything. I'm like, oh, I have to do is sit here. Like I'm used to like looking at my stuff and making sure everything's working. I'm like, no, I don't have to do that. <laughs> well, you still have to talk and be entertaining and helpful. <laughs> All right, well, I'll try to do that, but I don't have to worry about, like, the audio. Well, that's true. I'm monitoring all that right now. (laughs) Right, right. So have you actually been interviewed before and do you enjoy it? I haven't been, no. Well, except for a long time ago, many, many moons ago by my brother for uh, This Week in Photo when he used to do that. That was a long time ago, seven years ago or something. But no, generally not at all. So I have no idea. All right. Are you scared or excited? <laughs> but I, no, I'm not scared. I mean, I talk all the time. So, right? I, we're just going to talk. <laughs> we absolutely are. <laughs> well, you know what? Have you got a glass of water? Are you good to go? I can't get any water. Oh, that's because... right. The water's off. <laughs> but I think I'm all right. There's no water on the street. <laughs> so today's guest is the host of the Family Photographer Podcast. It's a podcast aimed at the person who carries the camera in the family. I'm talking about Jenny Stein. She's the mother of five. She's based in Pittsburgh, USA, and she also has a family and children's photography business. Jenny says, photography is what I use to look more deeply at my days and to help us remember the everyday moments that make up our lives as a family. I am rapt to say that she's with us right now. Jenny, welcome. Oh, hi. Hello. (laughs) Last time we spoke, I think you did have a photography business, but I wasn't sure if you're doing much with it. So what's the situation now? What's taking up the time in your days? Oh, well, what's taking up the time in my days is my toddler. But (laughs) as far as the photography business, um, as far as my business went, it was funny because I said that I'm like, I want to start a business. And I had a friend that was like, don't you have a business? And I was like, well, yeah. But what my business was like was if somebody said, hey, could you photograph this? I'd be like, yeah, okay," And then I was just not very focused. And then when Norma was born, so she's 16 months. So I started saying no to everything because I knew I had a new baby and I was like, okay, I won't do anything. And then during that time when I wasn't saying yes to anything, I started to think about what I really liked doing. And the photos that I just always take. Um, and part of this was at my church, they asked me to do a talk about my photography, which was really nice. It was a nice thing that they just said, we do this. And when I did it, I ended up looking at photographs I took in college and then all throughout since then. And I saw a thread through my photography that I'd never seen before, which was just this really the thing that I love is just taking portraits of people and kids in particular, but also just people and just one person, just portraits. And I thought, oh, well, that's what I really love doing. 
So that's what my new business is set up around is just taking and all the only photos on the website are just single children looking at the camera. Okay, so no families. So if you're going to photograph a family, you're going to pick out the individual kids and only photograph them. Well, yeah, that's my idea is that I'd come to people's house and just photograph their children. Now, I had a friend that asked, you know, I did photos for her. This is what was kind of neat. And we'll, I'll have to let you know how it goes. I photographed her family maybe seven years ago and I kept seeing her in the neighborhood. And then she said, would you do it? And I said, I have a new website. You can look at it. And when she contacted me, she said she did want pictures of the whole family. But she said, she's like, well, I want good ones of the kids. Maybe we'll get some of the family. That's fine with me. I like the focus to be the photos of the kids and all the family. Do you know what I mean? But it was interesting to me how quickly my website made her think, oh, she takes pictures of the kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool because that's what you want to do. That's what your website is meant to do is attract those clients that want photos of their kids. Right. So it's too soon to say if it's working. I just started. Okay. Well, then what were you doing before? Because you said your friend said you already have a business. So you were photographing families. I was photographing families, births, weddings, events. Oh, this was the anything, right. This was the anything, yeah. And I love doing birth photography. I love it like crazy, but it is not doable right now with my family. I mean, I just can't do it. I've done it. I've done uh, two births this year, but they were special cases. They were people who um, who I actually, I photographed them. I don't now volunteer for it with Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, but I did, and... I will probably do it again. As soon as I got pregnant with my baby, I stopped doing it and I haven't been able to go. I mean, I just can't. You have to be like ready to just go. I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yes. I've interviewed a couple of birth photographers and yeah, like when they go into labor, you have to drop everything and be able to go. (laughs) Right. Right. But then also I said, so now I lay me down to sleep is photographing people whose uh, babies have died. I've done that. Oh, sorry. Okay. So there's a different name for that in Australia. Yes. Okay. Oh, right, right. So you this is to, for yeah. like, this is for stillborn births and things like that. Right. I did that for a while. Right. That's going to be very tough. Yeah. I mean, that must be so hard to do. And I was going to say for any woman, but I think even maybe more so with someone with five kids. I don't know if that, that's interesting. I feel pretty lucky because I have so many kids and I, I guess the hardest thing is if it's somebody's first baby or something, they don't have any other. Well, you know what? I can't even say that that's the hardest because I've photographed all these different situations. And they're all hard. Um, it was the most meaningful thing I have ever done with my camera. Right. Absolutely. In Australia, and I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, but is this where you basically volunteer your time? Like, you know, these aren't paid sessions. No, no. But the reason I started talking about it was because the two births that I did this year, the reason I said yes to them even though I have a baby at home, was they were people who I photographed for them through that organization. And then they were having babies and said, we would like you to come take pictures. That's why I came. Oh, that'd be special. Wow. It was amazing. It was amazing. (laughs) And that's, I mean, I think it's kind of, I mean, I don't know, like, what would you say the most interesting places your photography has taken you? Well, to the podcast now, that's, I mean, that's blowing me away. I'm about to organize a trip to the UK and I'm going to go and stay with listeners. Um, that's, yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what are you doing that? Wait, what are you doing that? Well, I think probably around the time this is actually going to be going live. So, uh, yeah. Actually, no, this will go out early because this is the Photography Experiment podcast and so my mistake. So, yeah, this is going in August. It'll happen. Oh, that's great. That's really exciting. I bet that's going to be so fun. Yeah. So it's interesting. So what I was going to say, like those places, like going to those births that I was just talking about this year. I mean, I feel like it's one of those times where I feel like your photography can take you to a place that you would never go otherwise, you know? Sure. And I think it's a gift. Uh, Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind when you say the most interesting place that your photography takes you is uh, chicken sheds. (laughs) That's a first Ah! (laughs) one. Yours? A bit different to a birth suite. Right, right. Wait, do you go to take chicken and to take pictures of chicken? Well, no, I was doing it. It was a commercial shoot for a company that does motors for the chicken chicken shed people, all the people that raise chickens. And yeah, when I turned up, they had, there was 30,000 chickens that had been born that night. Yeah. Being delivered. So this is like a commercial. Wow. Yeah. Well, see, you fun. get to see things that you wouldn't see otherwise. What would take you there? Oh, no. 30,000 tennis balls on legs, it was like. <laughs> wow. Oh, cute. Oh. So I want to come back to the birth photography in a second because I can see how yeah. that uh, gets you going. But when I first asked you, you know, what takes up your time in the day, the first thing you said was family. So you have these five kids, you've got you know young kids that are taking up a lot of your time. I mean, you have to go across the street to record your podcast. I imagine that's just to get away from the noise and have the peace to do <laughs> this. Right. 
right. That's right. So you have all this going on. Why have a photography business and why have a photography podcast? Because I'm crazy. No, I... <laughs> um, the podcast just kind of, it happened and I love it. Like it turns out just to be this really fun thing. The thing I love the most about it is if someone, like I talked to Nikki Boone recently and it's so fun to be like, her photography is great. Like you find somebody that you're like, oh, their photography is great. And you have a reason to talk to them. You know, you're just <laughs> it's like, so, it's true. Huh? Yeah. Like probably you see someone, however you see them, somebody tells you about them, whatever. And you think, oh, I wonder how they run their business. I think I'll just ask them. You know, <laughs> and you can, but like what other, I mean, that's what's so cool about a podcast is it gives you this reason. And they sometimes they say, no, thanks. I'm too busy. No, thanks. I don't know who you are, whatever. But all these other people say yes, and you end up with those connections. And then you're also, you have connections with your listeners, which is super cool too. So I started doing the podcast three years ago. And I started on This Week in Photo. And I did it every week for over a year, like a year and a half, I did it every week. And then I decided to move it away from This Week in Photo and just have it be my own. And now I do it every other week. And so I've been going, I continue to do it. And it's fun. Well, take me back and the listener back to that very first thought of starting a podcast. Like, why? What, what were you thinking? Because you hadn't even done it. You hadn't had a chance to build an audience. You didn't have these contacts or connections. Right. What was going through your head? All right. Well, so my older brother is Alex Lindsay, who was one of the founders of This Week in Photo before Frederick Van Johnson does it now. So he started it. And so he's had a podcast. So he's been talking to me for years about you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast because he loves this. And I would just be like, yeah, whatever. I have a bunch of kids. And then then one day he was like, you really should do it. Frederick is adding shows to the network. And so I said, all right, give me his number, which was totally like not, that's not characteristic of me to be like, give me his, you know, or like I didn't say give me his number, but get us in touch or whatever. And I don't usually do that. And then he did. And then it just kind of started rolling and we just did it. And I didn't really think a lot about why I was doing it. I just thought, this sounds fun. Fortunately, so my brother helped me with all my audio stuff because he loves that stuff. And um, so that's a lot of it is like connected to him and his excitement about it. I love that. This is so good. So basically, it sounds like you went out on a limb or just had this, yeah. Yeah. this little thing that happened in your brain and you made the call and next thing you're doing it. Yes. That's what happened. And it kind of reminds me, like, I didn't think about it a lot. And it's good I didn't think about it. I didn't think how much time is this going to take? What's it going to mean? I didn't think anything like that. I just was like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. And then I started contacting different people. Like I was talking about now I let me down to sleep. So I contacted Sandy Putch, who does that, who organized it. So and she's like, yes, I'll talk to you. And I talked to different, really immediately that was fun to be able to contact different people. And then I just found out that it was the actual the conversations were fun for me. I didn't know how that was going to be, how interviewing was going to be. And it turned out it was just fun. And it reminds me of when, so my younger brother, so six in my family, I'm what? the second. <laughs> All big families. Your Christmases must be amazing. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so my youngest brother, when he started a uh, daily photo project, a 365 project years ago. Uh, he started and was talking to me about it. And this is so similar to the story I just told about the podcast, because I was like, oh, that sounds great. I'll do that sometime. I have all these kids. And he said to me, he's like, he was just sort of, all right, well, I'll look for your photo later today. And I was like, oh, <laughs> pressure. Oh, what? I'm going to do a project. And then I did it. And doing that project was a huge shift in my photography. In what way? Oh, I think there's nothing like a daily photo project to learn about photography. There's nothing like it. I'm not actually doing one right now. I tried to do one. And if you're wondering what's harder, a four-month-old or a 16-month-old, it's definitely a 16-month-old. I have no time when she's not sleeping. So I am not doing the project. But I've thought a lot about why 365 projects are great. And reflecting on your work and every day and editing it. And you're doing it for you. You're not doing it for a client, so it's different, mm -hmm. you know? But do you have restrictions or self-imposed, like, project guidelines, or you just take a photo a day? That's up to you. That's up to everybody who does it. I think the most important thing is just to commit to doing it for the whole year. But that first year, 
So it just made me a better photographer and it made me like put myself out there as a photographer more like by the probably a few months in, I started sharing my photos on Facebook and just sort of being more known as someone who takes pictures where before I just kind of did it quietly. But yeah, as far as the rules, I mean, you could just do whatever you want. Some people love rules. If you love rules, make rules. I think sharing with someone is important, like that there's some accountability built in. To who? To yourself or to someone else external? Well, okay. It depends on your, do you happen to know the book, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin? No. All right. You should look into it because I think it's fabulous. What's it called? The Four Tendencies. The Four Tendencies. The Four. Four. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's about how different people motivate themselves. And so it depends on how, like, do you have a sense of how you get motivated, like by other people wanting you to do things? Or if you decide to do something, you just do it. Like if you're like, I'm going to bike a bazillion miles. I'm going to do it because I said I'm going to do it. Or do you need someone to expect you to do it? No, I think first it's to me and then secondary would be to someone external. But I have to make the commitment first. And is it easy for you to start a new habit? Yes. Okay. So you, according to Gretchen Rubin, are an upholder. Like that's no problem for you. It doesn't surprise me about you at all. (laughs) Why? Because you just get, you do stuff. You know what I mean? Like you just are doing stuff all the time. And you seem like someone that just really makes things happen. Okay, so what about you? How did you fit into one of these four? Well, unfortunately, at first I thought I was a rebel. (laughs) A rebel is somebody who um, they don't like other people's expectations and they don't like their own expectations. It's sort of like, you want me to do that? No way. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm not even going to do it. I thought that's what I was, but then when I kept reading, I realized I'm an obliger, which is like, a rebel sounds much cooler. But it does. <laughs> I, but, well, because what I learned was that you kind of count, like, your family ends up being the same as you. So, like, if my husband expects something, I kind of count that as my own expectation. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's why I kind of was like, if you want me to do it, I probably won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's really good for me. So, if I want to get something done, it's actually doing the 365 helped me see that I was, and making the podcast helped me really see that, oh, all these people are waiting for the podcast. I better do it. You know what I mean? So, that's the obliger part. Yeah, because someone's expecting it. Oh, I'll do it. And so then what you do is you think, okay, well, so if I want to make something happen, I need someone to be holding me accountable. That's why when I'm doing a 365, it's not enough for me to say to myself, I'm going to take a photo and edit it every day. That's not going to work. I need someone else to expect me to do it. And that's what I did when I was doing the podcast in 2016. I had a group of people that we were doing all the project together and I totally did it, you know, the whole time I said I would. Because you talked about it on the podcast, you had listeners doing it alongside you and I guess were you guys tagging each other or using hashtags so you could follow? We did it on Flickr. I still think Flickr is a great place. There's creepy people on it, but (laughs) uh, maybe that'll change. You know, Smug Mug has it now. It's not Yahoo's anymore. So Maybe it'll be better. It was like everybody loved Flickr and then everyone left. But I still think it's a better photo sharing. All the EXIF data is there and the conversations work really well. And that's my favorite place to do a project like that. I know very little about Flickr. I've never uploaded photos there. I've checked that a couple of times because a few photographers are using it. I know. It's kind of like old and weird, right? (laughs) Well, I think because I never started with it, but I can see the advantages and I can see why people like it. So did you consider going to Instagram or you just, you're happy with Flickr and you like the way it works, so you're staying there? Yeah, I considered, I think I tried having a group on Facebook and I didn't like it because I didn't like how Facebook reordered the photos all the time in the group. Like, so there were different things I like. What I like in Flickr is that as people are posting, you can see them in the order that they were posted. And if I put a comment on your photo, it doesn't move it to the top. Okay. I like that too. So you can actually read the conversation as it happened. Yeah. And it doesn't prioritize like someone who happens to be getting more comments. Like I would get more comments because I was running the group. So if it had been in Facebook only, I would have been like on top all the time just because it was people are, do you know, and I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted it to be, and that group was just amazing. If any of them are listening to this, I hope they are, but (laughs) they actually got together because they know that I'm so busy and they put money together to have Lauren Lim from over at uh, Photography Concentrate. They hired her to put together a book of all my 365 photos. I have this big, beautiful blurb book that got made from that group. It was beautiful. Lovely. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, with your 365 project, because you said it improved your photography. So if you look back at it now, have you done one of these or two? I've done really two, yeah. Okay. So if you look back at those photos, are you proud of every photo that you've posted or were you proud of that photo at the time? So, I mean, what I'm saying is there days where you just think, I'm just going to get a photo up there because I just don't have time and don't feel like it? Or did you spend time curating what you put up every day? I definitely have photos I'm not proud of. (laughs) But absolutely. You really have to. It's not... definitely not something to like share on your business page because you have to put up photos that stink. I mean, it has to be for you. Do you know what I mean? And some of the photos are going to turn out to be better than others and share those because you really want to just show your best work, right? As a business person, but as a growing photographer, I think it's good for all of us to be like, look, everything that comes out of his camera is not amazing. Yeah, it's healthy. That's healthy. I like that. Yeah, it's really great. But yeah, I don't think it's good to do that for your business, but I think for just growing, it's great to see. You really get to see people, uh, their sort of voice and style unfold during the year. And I just, I love it. Awesome. Take me back to the podcast. So you're kicking this thing off. Like, is it the family photographer from the start? Does it have a name? Do you have an idea of the questions that you're going to be asking, which direction that the podcast is going to go? Yeah, that's a good question. I started as TWIP being This Week in Photo family, and all the episodes are still over there. If you go over to This Week in Photo or if you search TWIP family, they're all still there. And that's how it started. And I imagine it being a much shorter show, like half an hour. Now, the current show is usually like a little over an hour. So I imagine it being at the beginning a much more instructional podcast, like we were going to talk about things like making your family photography better. One of the first shows I did, I talked to a really amazing underwater photographer because I just wanted to talk about doing like underwater photography with your family, like in the pool. But he was totally overqualified for that podcast. And then I also talked to like a Sports Illustrated photographer about how to do photos of your kids in sports. So that was how it started is me. And I also would do a question and answer show from time to time and... I guess that's what, yeah, so it was much more subject oriented. And then it shifted over time to being more about interviews, about me just talking to photographers. And I don't really know how that, it just kind of happened over time. That that's what I was drawn to and what my listeners seem to enjoy as well. How do you know? How do you know the listeners enjoy that more? Oh, I guess that's who I heard from. You know, except for the one show, it was funny because I did a gear show with the guy. There's a guy who has a business lens pro to go here in the United States. And we did a show about gear. And that was a really popular show, even though the show is not gear driven usually. And that's what some people write to me and they're like, it's so nice to have a photography show that's not about gear. But then when we did do one all about gear, a lot of people like that too. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Isn't it? I know. I know. We say we're not drawn to gear, but we are. (laughs) We are. We can't help it. Well, that's one thing. So I just got an email the other day. What's so funny is that she wrote, uh, so I always ask my listeners for guest suggestions and I get a lot of suggestions. And she wrote about this person and then she said, I'd love for you to ask her this and this and this. And she goes, sorry, those are pretty technical. And I'm like, that's fine. Because generally my questions though are about the experience of being a photographer photographing other people's family your family whatever you know so that's sort of what I generally talk more about but you know when I talk to you about business I was asking you business questions as well as your experience of being a professional photographer photographing your family yeah so you can really go anywhere with your show I mean it's your show right that's cool true yes I do why did you leave twit I just started to feel like I wanted, it was really neat because at the beginning, I didn't need to worry about the website. I didn't need to worry about hosting. I even had an editor, a fabulous editor who would like edit the show for me. And he gave me all these great suggestions for making my, you know, I was like doing weird things at the beginning. It's kind of hard to listen to my first shows because I can hear how I'm like so tense. (laughs) And he said it was hard to, I mean, I don't know. Do you have an editor that edits your show? What do you do? Yeah, so the audio goes to a VA and she does the editing or he does. I've got two separate people that help. Okay. Yeah, and they do an edit. Yeah. So the guy that used to edit my show, Russell Boyd, who's great, he's a photographer in Scotland. And he would say, my voice goes up and down a lot in an audio. You know, it's like, I'll talk real quiet and I'll talk real loud. And he would just be like, please don't do that so much. (laughs) Um, So sorry to your editors about that because I do that. So he was great. So I had all that stuff at the beginning and I loved it. But then as time went on, 
I just wanted more control. Like I felt like I wasn't, I was sort of like, oh, I had a couple of experiences where I felt like my show just didn't really fit on the network too. Like it felt like I would have like, I had a picture when I interviewed Jenna Shouldice and there's this picture of this, or maybe it was Sandra Cohn. I think it was Sandra Cohn because she does these beautiful portraits of these babies. I love Sandra. Yes. Lovely lady. I love Sandra too. <laughs> yeah. So there's this beautiful picture of this baby, really sweet. And then it happened to me that like the next show on the network was something about wedding photography and the photo was like this really sexy, weird picture. And I was like, uh, that's weird. Like it just it was a weird juxtaposition for people. And I felt like, oh, I don't really like that. And I don't have any control over it. And it just got to feel like, yeah. And I also was pregnant with Norma and didn't know what was going to happen. That was also the other big thing leaving was I was sort of like, I just need to see what's going to happen. And I don't want someone else that is I need to check in with. If I want to stop the show, I don't want to talk to anybody else about that. Like if I have a baby and find out I can't keep making the show, I just want to say, hey, guys, I'm stopping the show. I don't want to have to like go through a whole thing. Right. But I didn't stop the show. Is there a contract involved? Are you getting paid by Twit to produce the podcast? Like how does all that? No. No, I never did get paid. Oh. It wasn't like that. Yeah. I mean, because the show never had advertising when it was on. Some of the shows do. Mine never did. Right. Okay. But now you've moved over. I heard some recent episodes. You now have ads. I have one ad. I've had an ad from a boot company. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's cool. I loved it, actually, because it was kind of a neat. I've contacted different companies and then I just thought these boots were so great. And it was neat to think, oh, it's not photography stuff. It's kid stuff. Like I have a list on my wall, like right now I can see it. Like I said, advertising and I have these lists of, and none of them were, they're all like photography related things like blur books maybe or Sigma lenses. And then the people who said, that sounds great. were boot people. Like they make these, it's my, my, they make these beautiful, just all weather boots for your kids. My daughter loves them. So, I mean, yes, I just started that. Okay. So hang on. <laughs> I'm going to get sidetracked here. You just said you've got a list on your wall. But you're in a neighbor's house across the road. So this room that you're recording in, this is your room in her house. <laughs> That's correct. So you've actually got stuff on the walls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a calendar. I have guest ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I love it. It's so good. Can I tell you something funny about it? Was that sure. she felt really funny about asking me if we wanted to use a room because she just thought it was sort of, you know, the street I live on is the best street in the city of Pittsburgh. It's like everybody knows each other. Everybody just like watches out for each It's really nice. And she just knows that we have a little house across the street and we have seven people living in it. And she has a house that's bigger and she's one person. And she was just like, you want to just use a room? And I told that to my sister-in-law who lives in California. And she looked at me and she was like, um, is that some kind of Midwestern thing? <laughs> Which is like, because people in Pittsburgh don't like to say they're from the Midwest in the United States, but it's kind of is the Midwest. Anyway, so she was saying, and I was like, no, it's not a Midwestern thing. It's just her. <laughs> so, so nice. Like, this isn't a thing. It's not a thing people do. She's just a really neat person. That's lovely. Hey, so tell me, what's the Midwest thing? Is that derogatory or something? Uh, no, no. I, uh, well, um, I don't know. I know that I don't care, but I think people in Pittsburgh like to feel like they're more East Coast okay, than like Middle America, but we really aren't East Coast. So where are we, you know? I've only seen Pittsburgh in movies, so it's a, like a working town, isn't it? Is that right? That's right. Yep. It used to be a steel town. Now it's sort of uh, healthcare and Google and stuff, you know? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you've got the podcast, <laughs> you've got it, an advertiser now. Can I say something, Andrew? Can I say something? Because you're an interviewer? Yes. It is way easier to be on this side than the, your side. Because, like, <laughs> you have to be like, okay, where's this interview going? And I'm just like, I'll just answer whatever he asks. Yeah, I love it. That is so true. So in my head, and the listener might know, or they might be curious, see so in my head, I've got all these different little strings that you've thrown out there, and I'm trying to bring them together. <laughs> oh, okay. And, okay. Uh, no, no, but slowly, but I just want to make sure there's no dead ends for the listener. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that's what I'm doing in my head. And right. No, I know. have some kind of sequence. So you've got your podcast, you know, you've got the advertiser. That's, so that's the only real income that you're getting from the podcast. I get some donations, a few donations. Okay. Some donations as well. I did set that up at first because I didn't know what else to do. I was like, oh, I'll just do that because I didn't feel like I had time. You know, everything you do takes time. Yes. And you know, I mean, I think it was great. When I talked to you, I thought it was neat that you were just like, I know this podcast is going to take time away from my business, so it has to make money. And that was super, super smart. 
you know? <laughs> well, I couldn't afford to do it otherwise. Right, right. Well, can I tell you something? I hope this is all right, Andrew. I, <laughs> I just have, but anyway, I was thinking about this with photography. This is about time. I was reading a book about photography business. It was Alicia Kane's book about pricing photography. Do you know that one? Or do you know her? I think I've just downloaded a sample of that. Yeah. From Amazon. Yeah. So I was reading that and she's really like, how much time can you devote to your photography business every week? And I, I mean, Andrew, that is like such an, it's an obvious question, right? What for you? None. <laughs> no, no, no. But just to ask yourself. Oh, it is. That's right. If you're going to start something, right? Yes. It's the same with a podcast. Yeah. Do you think I ever asked myself that question? <laughs> I don't think so. And this is the reason for my line of questions. I wanted to jump in quickly and share a little bit about the Image Salon. If you aren't familiar with these guys, their main aim is to make you look like an amazing photographer and at the same time, freeing up your time to focus on other things in your life. Now, whether that's working on your business, doing more photography, spending time with your family, whatever it may be, they will help you get that time back by doing your image editing for you. Now, the beauty of these guys, the Image Salon, is once you get started with them, you will be assigned your very own personal image editor. So you get to build a close relationship with your editor, the same editor for every job you submit, which means you get consistent results, job after job after job. There's, there's nothing better. It's like having your very own in-house personal editor. And it doesn't matter what kind of style you shoot in. I mean, you could be shooting bright and airy images. You might love that dramatic look or those super punchy colors or anything in between. The whole idea of the image salon is you work closely with your editor to refine and get the look that you're after and you get the same results back time and time again. And because you are working with that same editor for each job, as your style develops or you bring in a new look to your photography, you work with that person and they will change with you. They are English speakers. They know how to shoot. They know how to edit. They understand what photographers want. So they can help you with your editing. I would love for you to put them to the test, to give them a try. To learn more, head over to theimagesalon.com. If you are a new client, you will automatically get 50% off on your first order. And if you're hearing this announcement and you're a regular user of the Image Salon, simply use the discount code BIZX15 and you will get 15% off your next order. And if you're wondering how to get started, like I said, head over to theimagesalon.com, set up a call, and what will happen is you'll get connected with an image editor who will become your personal editor, and they're going to stay on the line and they're going to edit 10 or so images with you and work together to get the kind of look that you're after with your images. All this happens on that first call. This is totally free. It's all part of the onboarding process. So they get to know you and you get to know them. Everything gets dialed in faster. You'll be ready to go, ready to send in your next wedding. And just imagine, imagine the feeling of sending a full wedding to your image editor, which would normally take you, what, a full day to edit. You've instantly got that free to go and do with that time, whatever you will. <laughs> For me, it'd be out cycling, a little bit of work on the business, some time with Linda, probably a walk down at the beach and a coffee afterwards. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> Why would you be doing your own editing? Go and check them out, theimagesalon.com. This is the reason for my line of questioning. So, And what I started with, you have five kids. You've got a family. You've got mm. young kids, which need a lot of time. You've got a podcast. You've got a photography business. And the podcast isn't generating a big income. Right. And you went into it just on a whim by the sound of it. <laughs> Why do you keep doing it? Well, to be honest, I'm going to take a break this summer because the kids are off school. But that's the first time I felt like I wanted to take a break. I just have really enjoyed it. Like, I just really like it. And one thing that's different about me is because since I started, um, I've been taking care of kids for 15 years. So it's the fact that it didn't make money for a real, it was fine. You know, it's like, it's just gave me something else to do, something, another thing to think about and be excited about. Because it's helpful to have that when you're with kids all the time. And so I also didn't connect my time with money very much because I hadn't been earning other than a couple like 
babysitting jobs over the years, like when I took care of, you know, regular babysit, you know, when I had little kids, but that was just sort of not, I wasn't losing money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like I'd be earning money some other way if I wasn't doing the podcast. I guess that's what I mean. I remember saying that to my brother who started and he's just like, is there any money that you're making elsewhere? Like, are you losing money? And I was like, no, I'm not. I just like it. And so anyway, I'm thinking more about that, that idea. I feel like that question about like, how much time can you devote to it? It's funny to me that, and maybe this is mostly true for people like me who are mothers who want to do, have a side business that fits into their family life more than someone who's like, I'm going to go full time in photography. They don't have to think that way. But if someone's a mother who is thinking, I just want to see if I can fit this into my life. It's something I'm good at. People like to pay me for it. I want to make a go of it. You know, that's the person who I wish that, I mean, that's what I feel like. I want to say them all the time. I said to my sister who does some photos for people, I'm like, Mo, how much time do you think you actually can devote every week? And she was like, uh, I don't know. And so it was sort of a missing piece to me. So, I mean, like my business is just starting and that's fine for me that it's small or slow. I feel like it's fine for me. I'm kind of thinking that I'm starting something now that when my, that's really five years down the road, I want it to be doing something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When Norma starts school, my youngest, Norma's my baby. Yeah. Sure. You know, the reason I ask you this, this line of question, Jenny, is because I love that you just went into this. I love that you loved just doing the podcast. Like yeah. You didn't have this ulterior motive to bring in advertisers and to create this massive business. It was never to make money. You just love doing it. And I think for the listener, if they are thinking about doing a podcast or photography or anything, go and do it. Uh, you've been, you have these beautiful podcasts. Like you said, you get to talk to these wonderful photographers from around the world, anyone you want to, and it, you get to have these adult conversations away from the kids. Right. And yeah, you have another part to your life that you've created. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it is. And I think a distinction that's been good for me is something to think about is when something has value, like there's making money and then there's something that has value to you. And that's the thing is while the podcast hasn't been like wildly profitable, it's been very valuable to me. Like, I feel like I get a lot of value from it. And I got a really nice camera bag from Kelly Moore. Or do you know what I mean? Like people do. It is like neat to be like, have people be like, here, have this. It's nice. So that's never happened to me. What? <laughs> I don't get stuff sent to me. Yeah, I don't know why people send stuff to me. <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> so where do you see the podcast in two or three or five years time? I know you said you're going to have a little break. I want to take a break over the summer because I just became more realistic and just thought, oh, yeah, everybody's going to be home. And I just needed to be. Yeah, I've never done the podcast with a toddler before. So it has gotten harder. When I started it, I didn't have a little baby. But that's a good question. I don't really. You know, when I talked to Nikki Boone after we got off, she was asking me sort of the same thing you are like. How do you do this? And why do you do this? And I, I just was like, I give myself permission to quit all the time. All right, so if you want to walk away tomorrow, you just go on and say, guys, I'm finishing up. Yeah. But I don't, like you say that and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that at all. No. It was a good feeling to go. It hurts to say it. I was like, no, I don't want to. It feels good when I decide. I was like, oh, I could just say there'll be a new show in September. And uh, that felt like a really, it was a big relief. I was like, oh, that'd be really nice. So see, I can go, okay. But when you say something like that idea of, I'm like, okay, I'm all done the show. That doesn't feel good at all. I feel like I still have these different notes of people I want to talk to up on the wall on my post-its and stuff. So we talked a lot about time. How much time does the podcast take you today? Because now you know, you're not involved with TWIP. You're doing things on your own. It's your responsibility. Right. How much right. time does it take and who, how does the process work? You record an interview. What happens next? So, okay. So the whole process is finding a people, scheduling them, which is hard sometimes. And this was actually really good for me to be on the other side of it because it took you a long time. I mean, I kept being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But I didn't like really get back to you fast. And that helped me to be like, oh, that's what it's like for when I ask people, because there's sort of this feeling like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what, like it has a different urgency when you're on this side of it. Lisa did for me because I was like, oh yeah, I'll do that sometime. Hang on. I'm lost now. Do you mean when you're the guest? When I'm the guest, I was sort of, because I felt a little 
unsure about what I was going to say, I didn't get back to you really fast. But you can't possibly know what you're going to say because you don't know what I'm going to ask. I know. I know. <laughs> and I have people that put me off for a while and then I find out it's just because they were worried about it. And I thought it was like, I would think, oh, they don't want to do it. And really, they're just like afraid to talk because they're not talkers like here. Now, it's goofy. I am a talker, but some people are writers, you know, like they're like, I'm really good when I can control the situation and write it all down. They're uncomfortable with the idea of talking. So I've heard later, you know, when I finally got them on, they'll be like, oh, that wasn't as hard as I thought or whatever. (laughs) Okay, so the first step, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going everywhere for you. But the first step is scheduling the person and then the interview, you know, I'll set aside an hour and a half or two hours or something, just as far as like getting ready, making sure everything's working. So the interview, and then I have someone that edits it for me. So I send it to her. I record an intro and outro separately, which is, I don't like that I do that because it takes a lot of time, but I like the finished product of it. So that's probably another hour. Another hour? Because you do that edit yourself then, do you? You record the intro, the outro, and do an edit. Oh, Andrew, it's embarrassing. I don't know why it takes me so long. I write the intro. I don't want to forget to say things. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't mean like, I don't write it. I kind of write it out word for word, but not exactly. So I write it out and then I record it and I always mess up and then I do it again. And I seriously, it shouldn't take me an hour, but sometimes it does. Maybe you're just enjoying the time away from the kids across the road. It's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Any excuse to be across the street. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And then there's just like little bits and pieces like, you know, writing to people and stuff like that. But that's like, so say one podcast, let's say it takes three hours or four hours, maybe, maybe three. Because when you send it to your editor, the audio, do they, you know, post it up to iTunes? Do they post it onto your website? No. Oh, that's the other hour. Yeah. No, I do that. So she just sends me back the, I was like, I know there's more time. That's what it is. Yeah. So I post it. I do the thing and I have Libsyn. So I put it in there and then I make the blog post and stuff. Okay. So Libsyn is the company that hosts the audio file yeah. that sends it yeah, out. That's, that's who I podcast. host. With. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you do all that sort of stuff. Where did you find this editor and how much do they cost? Well, she was, <laughs> it's funny to me. I'm sorry. She is a friend of my brother, Alex's, and she just does it for free. <laughs> okay. Wow. You are lucky. Well, we have this agreement that if the podcast makes money, I'll pay her. But she's like, but I like doing it. Do you know what I mean? So it's fine. It's like, yeah. So yeah, I am lucky. It's great. And then, so what degree of editing then? Do you give her any instruction or you just say, here's the audio file, do with it whatever you like? Like I'll say, oh, at this point this happened. Like maybe, like if there's a gap for some reason or, but usually she just makes it sound better. And then, yeah, I just give her a little bit of instruction and then it doesn't usually take very much because I just play my conversations pretty much straight through. Okay, great. So really you're talking about four hours every two say weeks. Say four hours every two weeks, yeah. Okay, fantastic. What are you going to do with the extra time if you have a pause? <laughs> Laundry? <laughs> There's no way I'd be stopping then. <laughs> I know. I know. No, I'll probably, you know, be at the pool with the kids or, you know, just be able to focus more on the things that they probably chasing the baby everywhere. I can't do anything when she's awake now. So, you know, it's just sort of uh, yeah, I don't really feel like it'll be like extra time. It's more just being a little more generous with myself and just being like, just take it easy. Just yeah. be with the kids, do your thing, you know. So you feel this pressure to get the podcast out every two weeks? I do. I do. I have a couple of times recently I've gotten out a day late and I feel kind of bad. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, okay. Talking about your photography, I know you photograph your own family a lot. Is that right? I do, yeah. Do you ever feel like you're not in the moment, not enjoying the moment because you have a camera in your hand? Sometimes, you know, that's a question I ask people all the time. And I think there are times that I feel like I'm paying more attention. And there's sometimes that I'm feeling like I'm taking less attention. It's sort of a mix. Today, my oldest daughter's 15 and she's in a photography class and she asked to take my camera with her. And so I didn't have a camera. I had my eye. Well, I didn't even have my phone with me because I was um, I just was out walking with my baby and I didn't have a camera and it was nice. And I did feel like I was paying attention, but sometimes something will happen. I'll be like, oh, I would love to just take a picture of that. So I do think it's something that I think parents and parents especially, because I feel like there's a difference between you as a parent feeling like you're noticing. And then there's the other issue of does that child feel like you're paying attention to them if you're holding a camera up? 
Like maybe you feel like you're seeing them, but what they're seeing is a camera. So I think it's a really good question to be asking yourself and to ask your kids if you can. I often ask them, like, is it okay if I take some pictures now? And if they say no. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You actually ask them. Oh, yeah. I guess you're talking about the older kids. Right. Well, everybody, uh, yeah, right. As soon as they can be talk about it, you know, obviously not the baby. But no, no, sure. Because you have teenagers. I have 15, 12, 10, 7, and 1. Okay. So even the 7-year-old, you'll ask? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she often, she used to be totally fine with it, and then she just decided she didn't want me to for a while, and I wouldn't, you know. So I think it's so much more important that they feel like, that's really, I mean, such a big part of being a parent is just seeing and your kids and being with them, your actual presence that um, I actually recently have been having different problems with Lightroom and my photo catalog and all these different things. So it was weird to not be able to like, at one point I couldn't like access some of my photos and I felt bad, but I also felt like, well, they're pictures, you know, but I was there. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? You mean like, you're still going to be upset if you can't get them back. Well, no, I do have them. It's fine. No, I was able, I, somebody helped me figure out. It was just a matter of Lightroom being kind of like not communicating well with everything. Anyway, right. it's, I don't even, it's boring to talk about, but it's funny just be like, it did make me go, why? You know, it also made me start ordering four by six prints though. Well, I was going to ask you, do you print your photos? Not enough. Just like you don't either, do you? No. That's no, sad, isn't it? None of us do. I mean, I do print books from my holidays. Okay. I've got into a little bit of a habit of that, which I love. That's good. But I don't, I don't print enough. I know. Yeah, it used to be that you didn't, you didn't have a choice, right? I mean, the only way to get your photos was to get them printed. That's the only way you got to see them. But now that we choose, it's not the most convenient thing. And I just decided for me that I had my kids. It's really inspired because they were out. I used to just get these photo albums at the craft store that you could just put four by six photos in and you could either put them in. I like these particular ones because you could put them in horizontally or vertically the way that they were set up. So that's all I did for years. So I have a bunch of these albums before the kids were born. I mean, and like there's some of our honeymoon. There's some of like the first year Steve and I were married. And then they stop, of course, when I got my digital camera. But that's what I realized when they were going through them and looking at all these pictures and laughing at that. I was, did you know that Birkenstocks are popular among teenagers here in the United <laughs> States of America? And my kids were like, you are Birkenstocks. <laughs> and I'm like, I was cool. I've been cool for so long. <laughs> so they were looking through these photo albums is my point. And then I thought, you know, why don't I just do this again? Instead of like worrying about making photo books. I was like, I did this. I can do that. And so I will go through Today I was just doing it. I was going through a month in Lightroom and instead of thinking, is that a great photo? I just was like, do I want a print of that? Yep. Nope. 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 Yep. You know? And I was just like, I'm just going to get those for myself. It was really nice to just think, I'm just going to get those printed and then I'll just put them in an album like I did those other ones and not overthink it. But yeah, I think it's just hard to make ourselves do something we don't have to do when we're so busy. Like we're doing other things. So if you don't have to get the prints made, but I felt really like, oh, I don't have enough prints when I was worried. Before you just started doing these six by four prints, how would you show your kids photos from a year ago or two years ago? They would just look on the computer. They would look at Flickr usually. Oh, so you open Flickr, right? So would you sit down yeah. together and do that or would they just say, no? no? Sometimes, not really. Like my older two girls would look themselves. And the other kids really wouldn't get to, you know, now that you ask, like they really wouldn't get to see pictures of themselves that much. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? It's so different. Yeah. I mean, I have some on the wall, which they like, or, you know, yeah, they wouldn't really get to look through them that much. And then that book that I got from that one year, they like looking through. Right. Okay. So that's a good incentive to keep printing, even the yeah. six by fours. Yes. Yeah. So will you get those printed at a pro lab or you just go to like a mini lab? I think I'm probably, I've been considering, well, I use WHCC, White House Custom Color, for my prints when I do them for clients. So I have my monitor, like I'm calibrated for, like I know that my colors look like I'm all used to them. So I'm going to use them. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So you just send it off digitally, get back your prints a week yeah. later or whatever and right. put them into your albums. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Where do you see your business in a few years' time? Because, I mean, you mentioned you love the birth photography. You want to photograph kids individually. 
Well, I'm just going to focus on the portraits. I'm not really going to do births, even though I think they're great. I feel like I'm more focused on the fact that it's very hard. Like, it just doesn't make sense money-wise. Like, okay, here's something about me. So the podcast, I just kind of love. I don't care about the money. I don't love, like, if I'm going to photograph, I realize, I'm like, if I'm going to photograph other people's families, it needs to make sense. Like, I don't want to do that for free. Why not? I don't love it the same way. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be photographing my own family. But if I'm good at it and I could be making money for my family, I want to do it. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It does. Yeah. Yeah. But it's different. I'm realizing as we're talking, I'm like, oh, I have a different feeling about it where I'm like, so birth photography doesn't make money sense to me. That's why I don't want to do it for people other than like these special, like if somebody asks me and there's something, those ones that I told you about, like they were, I just did them for people. And so birth, I feel better about that because it just is so hard to make. I know some people do make it make money sense, but the on-call part of it, the fact that you could be doing it for eight hours or four hours or 12 hours, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense if you have a family. Yeah. You know what's interesting to me, and I might be way off, way off the mark here, but it sounds to me like, so if, if you want to do photography for someone else, they have to pay you because that's time that you're away from your family. And if you're yeah. good at it, you should get paid. Yeah. Fine. But you would do the podcast for free. <laughs> yeah. But that's equally and consistent time away from your family and you love it. Yeah. Shouldn't you be monetizing the podcast? I should be. Yeah. And I'm working on doing that, but I haven't been as a, you know, I really thought about this a lot in January and it just felt like it feels so much easier to get paid to take pictures. Right. You know what I mean? Because one thing I've thought about this too, like people who, uh, like my podcast and I might be wrong, People don't make more money because they listen to my podcast. If you listen to my podcast, you make more money because of it. Let me know. But I don't think so. I think people are just like it. Like they just feel they just enjoy listening to the conversations. So I feel like it's easier. I think probably a lot of the people who pay for your premium, like they get so much value out of it and they make more money because of it. At least that's their hope, right? Yeah, but I'm not trying to steer you one way or the other. I'm trying to delve into oh, the way you steer me. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> But I mean, it just sounds to me like you want to charge for your photography because it takes, I mean, we already went through that, but it sounds yeah, to me like yeah. the podcast is your passion. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. But maybe that's a good reason to keep it as a sideline that you don't depend on for any income and photography is the income. And I, I can see that side of it too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like making $500 or $800 or $1,000 taking photos is way easier for me than figuring out how to make a podcast make me that much money. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. That's really the problem. But I think with the pod, there's so many podcasts out there now that have advertisers. I mean, you have an advertiser. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, that would yeah. be one way to do it yeah. if you like the idea of having ads on your podcast. Well, that's the thing, right? I don't know. I feel like, oh, here's something that's hard for me. And, you know, you're a podcaster, so you can, is I think of the people who listen to my podcast as individuals and it's hard for me to just turn them into numbers and wanting them to be a higher number. And that's what advertisers ask you. How many people listen to your show? And then I just feel sort of like I want more listeners because I'll make more money. I want more listeners because, I mean, I want it to reach people. But it feels like weird to me to be like everything be about numbers. I am so with you. Yes. That's why I don't have advertisers. <laughs> I know. I feel like I don't want to, like, I'm like, I don't want to sell their attention, right? That's what you're doing. Yes. I don't like it. Well, I guess to be fair, I do have an advertiser for... On this one, right? The photography experiment. Yeah, I do. Because yeah. that's the only way I could yeah. afford to do it. Right. But it's funny that you talk about people, like people that listen are real people. And yeah. when I listen to other podcasts, especially on business, when they talk about subscriber lists and the number of subscribers, I think every one of those subscribers is a real person you don't even talk to, about them like they're a real person i know it's it's so bad it's where the turn that people whether they're subscribers or listeners or clients as a commodity right i hate that and i guess that sort of started i guess the other thing so with the, the advertising for the show i mean advertising for a show that doesn't have a ton of listeners doesn't make much money do you know what i mean and so then you have to put energy into growing the show but I just want to put my energy into the interviews and the people. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? I was so wrong with what I said to you earlier. That was totally backwards. You should do your podcast for free, not have advertisers, <laughs> and do it because you love it, and then have a business with photography. That's what you should do. <laughs> no way. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> because I had it totally back to front. I was so wrong. I was so off the mark. <laughs> yeah, you should do what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's good. And you know what? And I shouldn't be telling you what you should be doing. I should be asking you because you're the guest. <laughs> no, no. But listen, I think this is really an interesting thought because like the idea of um, I was watching my daughter. Uh, she played softball and their team was terrible. I mean, they didn't win one game the whole season. In fact, um, she will not mind me saying this because <laughs> they thought it was so funny. There's a rule in softball. Do you have softball? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. So if you were in the third inning, if you were behind by 15 points, they called the game. Right. That's called the mercy rule. So they were mercy ruled almost every game. Oh, <laughs> they're that bad. <laughs> they were really bad. But okay. So the point is, so I was watching some softball and I was watching these people have a great time, play a game, even if they weren't good at it, which I think is really good for an adult to see that you're like, oh, you can just have fun because you're playing, you're out there. Adults take themselves so seriously. So there was that. But then I was watching the coaching, right? That they needed coaches. They needed people to look at what they were doing and give them ideas and tell them what to do. And I think that's just a question I have about, you know, us as photographers and is to have, it's just that question of how we take direction. Do we ask for direction from people? Do we talk like you were kind of coaching me, right? And then you're like, oh, wait, I don't know, like what I said. But <laughs> I mean, that idea, like, I mean, I don't mean anyway, I just think the idea of getting direction is an interesting one. And it's something I just think about and was thinking about that while they were playing softball. I mean, do you have anybody that you talk to about your business? On the podcast every week? <laughs> a little. Right, right, right. That's right. I guess. Yeah. But look, I guess not, not so much. It's more Linda, my wife. So oh, right, we work right. in the business yeah. together. So I guess we're always bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah. Usually I'll come up with an idea and she'll say, no, nah, why do you want right, to do and that? She's sort of the money person, right? Isn't yes. she the one that kind of gets the, yeah. 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 So you kind of have someone doing yeah. that. They're like your first base coach. You know, you need yes. someone to be like, keep running, keep running. <laughs> Whoa, don't keep running. <laughs> steal, steal. You know, whatever they're going to say, like you need that coach to have somebody there that's kind of giving you ideas. I think that's what I realized. So you have that and that's so great that you have that built in. Well, I think mine's a little bit different though, Jenny, to be honest. Because I think my one with Linda and I, I come up with these ideas and she's like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. And then she says, all right, if you want to do it, try it. And then we just try and make it work. <laughs> so it's a, li it's a little bit different. <laughs> but, you know, with your circumstances, and I think, you know, I wasn't trying to give you advice. I was trying to, I guess, draw out of you why you're doing what you're doing. But what about, what do you say then to the photographer that listens to your podcast or mine mm -hmm. and they want to do photography like you do podcasts? To photograph families for fun. Oh. Is that okay? Yeah. Sure. Other family? Like, does it have to be a business? No. No. See, that's the thing. I think that's a great question. I think it's great to just say, even, I know this is terrible for people who want to make money, but the fact is there are people who they're happy to make enough money to buy that new lens. And that's enough. Or just doing it for free. I mean, my favorite thing, really, when I'm taking photos, it's really nice to do stuff for free because it just feels so pure, right? It just feels like there's no, ex like, you know, this is funny. It goes back to what I was talking about expectations. So if I'm doing something for free for somebody, it's nice because I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about what they expect. <laughs> it's like you're off the leash. You can do what you want to uh, do. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think it's great if I have a good friend actually listens to the podcast and did our project and she always does everything for free. She just does it because she loves it. And I think that's great. I mean, I feel like what I said about like people and my sister, when we were talking about her doing it and me saying, OK, well, you know, how much time do you really have to devote to a business? And she was like, not really very much. But someone just asked me to take pictures and I'm like, we'll do it for them. But just kind of be lighter about it. And maybe all you're doing is just earning enough. Like, you don't have to put all that pressure on yourself. It's okay to have a hobby. Yes, I agree. I mean, the IRS lets you have a hobby business here in the United States. Same here. You know? So maybe that's all it is. And that's fine. I know it's not good for the people who want to make a living. But there's nothing you can do about it. There's always going to be those people who charge way less than you because it's a hobby. Yeah. Should that matter? No. To who? To who? 
Well, to the photographer that wants to make money? No, because I think that there's always going to be someone who wants someone who this is what they really do. Like a wedding photographer. I would say like, you know, everybody has horror stories about, you know, someone who my sister, same person I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about her all the time. <laughs> Sorry, Bo. Um, you know, she had someone for her wedding that she was disappointed about because it was someone who wasn't like, you know, a great, you know, it was cheap and it was sort of more of a hobby. So I think that if there's something that's really important to you, you're going to go to someone and you're going to go to someone who really is going to do a good job. And sometimes, though, there's going to be people who are great at it and don't charge a lot. True. True. I mean, that's just the way that it is. And that's fine. I think that's fine for everybody. Yeah. How do you feel talking about money and how do people in America or, you know, your family, your friends, like we've talked a lot about money today. It sort of went that way, <laughs> especially at the end. How does it make you feel? I'm getting more comfortable with it. It was funny that my daughter, who's 12, saw my website and saw my pricing and was like, that's too much, mom. <laughs> Did she? <laughs> well, one thing that was great was that um, one thing was just becoming more clear about what I was willing to do and not do, like how much I wanted to charge. When this person I told you about, like I did photos for them seven years ago. I have no idea what I charge. Okay, this is something about me too, is numbers. I am not, I do not remember numbers. I don't even remember like numbers on my lenses. Like I know I have a 50 and a 35, but it's hard. Like I'll be like, oh, I don't know what one that is because it's numbers. I just don't remember it. So I won't even remember how much I charge someone before. I just, not at all. So I did photos for her a while ago and I'm sure what I did was I just took some photos. She probably paid me $200 and that was it. This probably seven years ago. And I felt like, great, $200. Yay. And now when she asked me, I actually, because I finally, so I never really had a website, even though all this time that I, people have been asking me, you know, like I have a Facebook page sort of, and I, everything was sort of, sort of, I wasn't like fully into it until I made this website just this year. That was clear. And then when I communicated with her, I wrote her an email and I linked to my pricing page. Because I wanted to make sure before I took those pictures that she knew exactly what she was getting into because this isn't like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, oh, that's not what we did before. <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, this is not what we did before. And if it's too much, just let me know. Yeah, but did you say if it's too much, just let me know and like I'll discount it or I won't be doing no, it? No, I won't be doing it. Right. I just said, if it's more than you had in mind, that's okay. And we ended up sort of in between because she's like, I ended up putting up on my website just like digital files and that I would do prints as well. And so she's just, she's like, oh, I don't want the digital. I made the digital files really expensive because that's what everybody wants. And so I was like, oh, I'll just sell digitals. And or so I thought. And then she's like, I just really want a few prints. And I'm like, fine. So I, which is I love selling prints. So I actually am going to go to her house and do it like a you know, in-person sales with her, Nice. which I love doing. And I, what I was sort of like, oh, I don't have time. So I'm still in this part with my portrait business that I'm still figuring it out. So I'm not really like, I'm just starting. I mean, I'll have more to say in the future to you about it, but right now, but what I was going to say is because I was clear about my pricing, I could be clear in my communication with yes, her. Got it. That was really the point of what I was saying is that because I was like, and I felt unapologetic for the first time about how much I was charging. That's a good feeling. That's good. Yeah. You mentioned your website. Where is the best place for the listener to, to see your work and you know, see the stuff that we've been talking about? Well, so my website is just Jenny Stein Photo, J-E-N-N-Y-S-T-E-I-N photo.com. And the podcast? The podcast is thefamilyphotographer.net. Okay. And I guess, actually, I know this, you're on iTunes and we can subscribe to you in any podcast app and listen for free. That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. It's, and there's tons of episodes. And then you can also find Twip Family in iTunes and everything. If some people run out, they're like, oh, no, I ran out of episodes. I'm like, no, there's more. Go back to the other show because it's the same show. It's just, I mean, the music's the same, everything. So there's nothing different except for it has a different name. Great. Well, I'll add links to all those in the show notes so the listener can easily find you and check out all the things we've been talking about. Jenny, this has taken way too long. When I say too long, <laughs> not this interview, but getting you on the show. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a real joy. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jenny Stein. Jenny, if you are listening again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts and ideas. 
for letting me challenge you and and also thanks to you for challenging me uh, it was it was a an interesting and thought-provoking conversation so again thanks so much for you the listener i hope you got as much as i did from jenny i hope you enjoyed the interview the conversation and i hope it got you thinking as well if you want to learn more about jenny or if you want to check out any of the links or things that she mentioned in the interview head over to the show notes for this episode and you can find them at photobizx.com forward slash tpx24 i've got links in the show notes i've got examples of jenny's beautiful work and of course you can find her in itunes as well just search for the family photographer podcast before i go one last shout out to the image salon for sponsoring today's episode for making the interview possible to learn more about them to get 50% off your first order or to save 15% on your next order, head over to theimagesalon.com. Make sure you use the promo code bizx15 to get that 15% off and start working with your very own personal editor to free up your time and do more of what you love, just like Jenny is doing with her life. All right, that's it for me for this week. I will be back soon with another episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. been listening to the photo experiment podcast with andrew helmich brought to you by photo biz x the podcast to help you build a successful portrait and wedding photography business to learn more head to photobizx.com.